This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio with Charlie Dobbin. I am Dean Holland, her aiding and abetting partner-ish, <laughs> kind of Robin to her Batman. How are you this morning, Charlie? I'm great, great. It's uh, we got a little bit of snow, yep. so everything's looking very white and pristine, and the I can see the moon in the sky. There's not a cloud. It's all sparkly and crystally. It's beautiful here. Beautiful. Well, you have a little bit different weather than we do up in uh, you know north of Toronto, Collingwood area. We we've got a system over top of us, which is not a bad thing because of course skiing is a big thing up where I am. So uh, the temperatures have been favorable for them to make snow, and uh, now we're getting a little bit of a top up, which is always is always the the better of the two. You know, you want to have the natural stuff if you can. Oh, for sure. That icy crap they call snow. I hate skiing on that. Yeah, and actually we had a little bit of an icy week this week. Uh, my one son was out yesterday. He said the hills were a little bit icy because we had a little bit of freezing drizzle, you yeah. know, the day before. So, but yeah, we, yeah we're getting a nice little little top up today. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, let me let me give out those numbers first, just to get people. The phone lines are open. Uh, we'd love for you to give us a call if you have an indoor gardening question or an outdoor gardening question. Uh, either one will uh, make the grade. Uh, if you live in Toronto, the number is four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Or anywhere else in the province of Ontario, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, please let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller, because I will give you your garden wings. And uh, we want you to call often, call early. Please call early. And one question per call, please. Yeah, so what do you got going in your garden there this week, Charlie? Well, you know, it's interesting. You and I spoke just before the show, but and I neglected to mention something that... Um, Remember last week we talked a bit about voles and all the damage that voles do mm-hmm. to our lawns and our gardens. And, and it's not usually a big problem if you're urban or super suburban, but you get a little bit rural and you get voles. And we had a few people call in last week with a couple of their suggestions about Irish spring and, and mints and, and uh, you know, Irish spring soap. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, some suggestions for hiring a professional uh, pest control. Well, I got an email from, um, and I didn't send this to you, I'm sorry, I just thought of it now, from Daniel uh, Lunau. And he suggests ground chilies spread all over the vegetation that the voles will uh, try and chew on and then that burns their mouths and they move on, be aggressive with a dry application. So some people don't like the chili idea so much. They worry that it might hurt the little critters, but nevertheless, it can be a good deterrent. Um, Also, Daniel asked me to give a shout out to one of our, our fans. Her name is Esther and she lives in the backyard of Daniel. So they're good buddies. And uh, they also uh, have a long history of being uh, friends of White Rose Nursery. You were probably too young to remember White Rose, I guess. I know White Rose Nursery. <laughs> I'm not that much of a spring chicken. 
<laughs> I absolutely remember that for sure. Uh, yes, good old White Rose that went bankrupt many years ago. Nevertheless, yeah. I worked there for a very long time. So anyway, uh, so just quickly looking at this, I know we have to go to a break. Um, oh, right. So and actually, Daniel sent some nice photos. He grows corn on his front lawn, uh, and he shares that with the various caregivers that he was doing palliative care for his sister. So he had Swiss chard, kohlrabi, uh, walking onions, uh, a whole bunch of cool things, all mixed in with his ornamentals in his front yard. It looks very pretty in the pictures. And I sent him a note, and I just said, boy, the lucky caregivers that were coming to your house, they were well fed by his garden. So very, very nice tips. Thank you, Daniel, and, and hello to Esther. Indeed. Very, very nice. Well, you know what? I'm already proud of uh, feeling very proud of our listeners because the phone lines are lighting up. So, yes, call early. We have to take a quick break. But as soon as we get back, we will get right to those calls right here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, yes, yes. We are back here with The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And, we're, Charlie, we're going to get right to our first caller. And we're going to go to a community that is uh, on the eastern part of the province, right on the, uh, sorry, western part of the province, on the eastern uh, shores of Lake Huron, a little place called Belgrave. And we've got Doreen on the line. Welcome to The Garden Show, Doreen. Good morning, Dean and Charlie. Your show you? is a highlight of the week for me. Aww. Oh, fabulous. Fabulous. What, what do you, what's going on in Belgrave, Doreen? What's, how's the we weather? Have, we have hazelnut trees. And mm. right close to the trunk, they are growing suckers. Should I get rid of all those suckers? Are you growing the hazelnut trees for the nuts? Yes. Yes. You're growing the hazelnuts so you can harvest the nuts? And we have a real crop of them. Oh, great. I would get rid of the suckers. Yes, I would get down on my hands and knees. I would move the soil away from the trunk, follow the suckers down. They'll be growing off the root, the roots just below the surface, and then break the suckers off with your thumb. Don't cut them. As soon as you cut suckers, you get twice as many. So break them away from, from where they're growing from. What if they've got quite a size? They were growing in the tree and I didn't even see them. Oh, my. They're bigger than my thumb. Yeah, so, well, if they're small enough, you'll be able to break them. If they're too large, you'll have to cut them cleanly right back to where they're coming from. And it's a great thing to do on a sunny day a month or so from now on a nice day where you can, you know, you want to be outside and spring is in the air and you can see exactly what's going on. That's, That's the time to do it is before the leaves grow. Well, we have a lot of apple trees to prune, too. There you go. Now, you got I want to give of... people a hint. Uh, I used to be troubled with the white worm in my carrots. Oh, yeah. Now, when I plant the seed, I make the row deeper, mm-hmm. and I sprinkle ground coffee. It doesn't have to be perked or just out of the can, whatever. Cover that, put my seeds, more coffee on top, and it eliminates the white worms. Hmm. Great idea. Like it. Coffee is used quite a bit as a repellent. So thank you. Great tip. Have a good okay, day. Thank- yeah. Bye. Sorry. Th- thanks for the call, Doreen. Yeah. Good luck with it with those. I, that, again, I was learned something from you, Charlie. I didn't realize uh, that it's better to break off those suckers instead of cutting them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You'll you'll have be far more successful. 
Okay. And you know what? The other thing I did not realize is um, uh, hazelnuts. I didn't realize they were a thing in the province, but uh, I went to a, a Christmas show at Blue Mountain and the various vendors, and uh, I bought uh, some packages for, of hazelnuts. And I think, if memory serves me correctly, this farm was maybe in the Tilsonburg, Delhi area, I think. And I was a bit surprised to find out, but they're trying to rejuvenate this, uh, uh, all of these hazelnut trees. You know what? It, no, it's an interesting point. There's a recently started because it takes years. Recently started um, hazelnut orchard right close to me. Uh, somebody has a young couple has decided that they're going to grow hazelnuts. But you know, similar to apples, though it takes even longer than apples these days. You plant and you wait. <laughs> you care for. It's a big investment before you get any kind of a crop. Gotcha. Okay, you know what, I probably, I have other callers on the line, but I probably should take that next break, and then we'll get back, and we'll have more uh, more comfortable time to talk to uh, Marilyn from Toronto. So we'll be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, yeah, we're back here on The Garden Show, and I have got uh, Marilyn on the line from Toronto, and Marilyn is a first-time caller. Welcome to The Garden Show, Marilyn. Thank you. <clears throat> I'd, li- I'd like to give you your garden wings. Oh. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. I have a question that I, don't, I hope you'll be able to answer. Me, answer. Um, I go, well, except for the last few years, to Canada Blooms. Do you know if they are going to be running this year? Uh, you know what? Good question. Um, I thought th- no. I think they are set up for 2023. I don't think they're. Or sorry, 2024. Let me just check. I've got a computer in front of me. Ah. Uh, in the Blooms uh, website. Yeah, I spent many, many years working for Canada Blooms. All right, yeah, so they are not returning to um, the big show until 2024. Ah, I see, I see. Oh, okay, thank you. And I think they're going to be back where they started, which was the Congress Centre, I think. But we'll we'll have more on that, I'm sure. Yes, I see. So not this this year. What a shame. Okay. You know what? It takes about eight months of prep to put that show on. So that's probably why they delayed. They weren't positive that things were going to stay open. Remember how we opened and closed so many times over the last year and a half? So because of the long time, the long prep for that show preparation, they probably want to just make sure it was good to go. I see. Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Marilyn. Um, I was just taking a peek around. I, I had my wife bring down, uh, that bag of, uh, hazelnuts and yeah, it's, it is, in fact, it was a far, it's a farm in Delhi called Dalton White. Oh. So, which is uh, yeah. So they're in the business of hazelnuts. Right. And, uh, yeah. I just noticed there's a, another one, Grimo Nut Nursery in Niagara-on-the-Lake and they do more than just hazelnuts, but I think, but yeah, they're big into hazelnuts. There's a Ontario Hazelnut Association. Okay. Yeah. See, and I, and I was saying to you off the air that I, I guess I don't think of uh, the, of Ontario as a nut producing province, but I'm <laughs> I'm uh, finding that that is uh, that I'm incorrect there. It's not the case. It, 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 there's a number of places that grow nuts. Hey, it province. says right here, hazelnut orchards can last fifty to seventy five years. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, that's it. You can start and pass on, seriously, pass exactly. on to your next generation. Yeah. If they're keen to do it. I mean, just like any orchard or farm, it's not uh, zero maintenance. There's, I'm sure, all kinds of, you know, meat, like care and uh, looking after the trees and obviously harvesting, et cetera. Yeah, like going around and snapping off all those suckers with your thumb, <laughs> right? <laughs> you go. Okay, let's go to our next caller. We have, uh, we're going to Georgetown now. We have Sharon on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Sharon. Hi, Carolee Dean. Um, I grew an amaryllis plant from, you know, you get the boxes, mm-hmm. and uh, it grew beautifully. And I understand that um, you can uh, replant it in the spring out in the garden. What I'd like to know is, what do I do with the ball between now and then so it stays healthy? Okay, so it's still in the pot that it was grow- that you put it in, right? Yes. Yeah. So leave it in the pot. And when you planted it, hopefully, excuse me, the kit you got, hopefully the pot had drainage holes in the pot. Yes. They They don't always. And when you planted it, you planted the bulb about half under the soil and about half out of the soil. Hopefully. Okay. Just like like you did with the, when it came out of the box. Right. Exactly. And so it's bloomed and now it probably has leaves coming up, long, narrow leaves. Oh, I've actually had one, one um, bloom came out right at Christmas Day and there was four blooms and now I've just got a second one. There was another one came up and now we're enjoying four more blooms from another one. So they're just starting to die off. All right. So that's the flower stalks. And that's fine. Enjoy the flowers. Leave the green flower stalks as long as they're green. Okay. They will eventually turn yellow, and you'll cut those off. Meanwhile, green leaves are going to grow out of the bulb. You're going to let those leaves grow. You're going to keep the plant in a sunny spot on a windowsill, somewhere in your house where it's getting some sun, and it will grow like a house plant from now until you take it outside in the pot when we're frost free. So that will be, you know, whenever, May or June. And leave, and I would take it outside, just put it in a shady spot in the pot, leave it in the pot, just take it out for the summer, let it grow again, just as a green plant all summer. And we'll oh. talk about bringing them in at the end of the summer later when we get closer to that point. But for now, enjoy your amaryllis as a greenhouse plant once it's done flowering, only water when it's dry. The same thing as outside, I guess, too. Just water yep. when it's dry. Yep, exactly. But once it's outside, the rain will, will be out there as well, too. So usually I don't even end up watering my amaryllis a lot if we get rain. Okay, you mentioned about um, um, in the fall to bring it back in again. Will it grow again? Yes. If you follow my instructions, it will. And flower. Oh, so I guess oh, and flower is, is always the dream. It doesn't always flower, but yes, that's the plan. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Thanks very much, Sharon. Take care. Uh, Dean, just quick. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. I said it doesn't always flower. Uh, quick update. I put away, I think, six pots of amaryllis last fall. Yeah. All of which bloomed beautifully multi-times last winter. This year bringing them out of the the dark, bringing them into the light, watching them grow. I have one with a flower coming. The rest are all leaves, just leaves. Yikes. So what does that mean? It means I failed miserably. (laughs) Well, it means that that I have to be patient and wait for next year. It does take a lot of energy for a bulb to produce a flower. 
So sometimes when a bulb really, like last year, I had just had tons of flowers. Now this year, the bulbs are taking a bit of a break. They're just going to grow green leaves, and I'm just going to accept that and have a bunch of green amaryllis other than the one pot. And then next year, crossing my fingers, they're all going to bloom again. Gotcha. Now, you got an email from Alice this week. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that said that, and she sent you pictures uh, of her two amaryllis that her husband recycled. She called them recycled, yeah, yep. from last year's bulbs. She uh-huh. says we have one more coming, but the bloom is just starting. And she says they've been fun to watch, and as you can see, they're soon to be four blooms on each plant. Very pretty, and uh, she has been updating us periodically as <laughs> yes. we go along. So I find the whole thing interesting too. I've got a couple of bulbs that I'm wanting to recycle for yeah. next year. Exactly. And that's exactly what uh, Sharon was on about was, you know, can I keep these bulbs for next year? Yes, you can. Uh, so don't call them recycled, if you will. They just get bigger. So it's it's better, actually, to recycle. One thing I will mention, and I'm not very good at it, but I'm going to do it this year, fertilize. After the flowers, provide fertilizer to your amaryllis when you're watering. Okay. And one point that I think is worth repeating that you've mentioned a couple of times, and I noticed with one of the kits that I got this year, is that I think so often they do not actually put drainage holes in the bottom of the pot. I had a pot that did not. And so you do need to make sure that, I I think anyway, that you might want to either put some holes in the bottom or put it in a pot that does have drainage holes. Absolutely correct, because there's nothing worse than trying to grow plants in pots with no drainage. So easy to overwater. You don't have a clue what's going on down at the bottom of the pot. Okay, and they could rot, right? They could rot from the bottom. Any any plant's roots will rot if underwater for extended periods of time. Bulbs are very susceptible to rotting if they are kept moist all the time. Okay. Before we get to our next caller, I'd like to give out the numbers again. We do have room on the lines. Uh, don't wait until five minutes before the end of the show. <laughs> call. call now. We would love to talk to you about any gardening question inside or out. Uh, Toronto number is 416-360-0740 or toll free anywhere else in the province of Ontario. Yeah, give us a call. one 866 740 4740. We are now going to Brampton and we, uh, we have Dan on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Dan. Oh, morning, Charlie and Dean. Morning. How are you today? Morning. Oops. What do you got for us, Dan? Oh, I have a question about, uh, I have a, a junipers that I plant. I have a corner lot, so I planted some junipers about 40 feet from the sidewalk about 40 years ago. And one of them is now kind of encroaching upon the sidewalk. And I'm just wondering how far I can cut it back without killing it. Huh. You pro- if you if it's been there for 40 years chances are you'd have trouble killing it trust me <laughs> um, oh, okay. they are happy, sound like happy plants now these are junipers there's two forms that junipers grow in one is a pyramidal form like a christmas tree the other is a spreading plant it's, it's um, a spreading it's a spreading one it is a spreading one have and, and you been trimming that good. plant along the edge of the sidewalk for a number of years uh well i've been trimming it for 40 years and right. it's take, and so finally, it's now about four inches over the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder if I cut it back, uh, will the green come back again one day? Yeah. Well, the older branches, you know, the big thick stems that eventually grow on plants like this, will not really green up a lot. Uh, But, of course, we always have new growth in the spring. Tips grow nice and green and soft on all our plants, including the junipers. 
if it was if it was me, what I would do is I would go out anytime between now and June, and I would look closely at what branches are growing over the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So if they're big, thick, old, you know, branches that would hurt somebody if they run into them, and if you just trim them right at sidewalk edge, again, it's a blunt, hard cut there. I would follow that large branch back as back to an appropriate point. It might be two or three feet before the sidewalk where you'll get to a, a point where the, the branch has a Y shape or a, a crotch. And I would cut that branch back at that crotch point. So it's not a few inches back from the sidewalk, several feet back. Oh. Meanwhile, the other bits that are uh, leaning over, growing over, um, it's all going to start to flush with a whole bunch of new growth. And before you know it, instead of four inches into the sidewalk, you're going to be eight inches into the sidewalk. So it's up to you. You can do, like I say, go back on each branch, cut back to an appropriate point so that it looks nice uh, from the sidewalk. It's uh, allowed for new growth to come and fill in where you've done your pruning. So you do this between now and June. Or what some people do is they get out the old hedge clippers and they do like a straight line hedge clip about a foot off the sidewalk all the way down and end up with a bit of a wall of a juniper. Very unnatural looking because junipers don't grow like that. So I wouldn't recommend that. I think it looks kind of odd, but many times people will do that. They just find it easier to just do a shearing right down. But don't shear at the sidewalk. Go back a foot. Okay. So one or the other. Okay, so I can take it that far back then, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You're taking it back a foot. What you'll find if you did that shearing back a foot, uh, you are going to end up, like I said, with some bigger stems that are going to be quite rough looking. And so you're going to clean up those larger, thicker branches with some nice sharp pruners or loppers. uh, And preferably, like I said, go back even further on those back to where you see some green growth because the new growth will come and cover those those blunt ends yeah okay 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 yeah yeah thanks for the uh, thanks for the call there dan and uh, good luck with that yeah indeed uh okay we are going to etobicoke now we have denise on the line and denise is a first-time caller welcome to the garden show denise thank you very much how are you guys uh, we're good we're Morning. Good. welcome I, I would love to give you your garden wings okay Please. There you go. You earned them. You (laughs) earned them. My question is about um, soil outside. Um, We have very clay soil, and one part of our yard is in dappled shade, and everything we're planting is dying, even though we amended the soil. We only amended it where we put the new plant. Um, So I'm just wondering, are there any evergreens or shrubs that can thrive in clay soil? Um. Okay, so what does grow in this dappled shade? Is it there's a tree there, obviously providing some of the shade, and then what else? There's a lot of there's four large trees that are in my neighbor's yard that kind of hang over into my yard. So when it does rain, it doesn't get a lot of water, so we have to pull the hose out a lot. We planted the hostas did okay. We have one dogwood that survived, but we planted a whole bunch of hydrangeas, and by the end of summer, they were all gone. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that each hydrangea had something wrong with it. So I'm thinking it's no. the soil. It is you're a very, very good uh, guess on your part. Mm-hmm. Hydrangea 
it tells us that this is a plant that loves water because it's called hydrangea for a reason, okay. hydra. And yes, when we have very poorly drained soil or very dry conditions or very poor soil, hydrangea would not be the first choice. So what you've done is you've chosen some plants that are thrive, surviving, maybe not thriving, but dogwood, um, hostas, both good examples of plants that will survive in poor soil and dappled shade. But really, at the end of the day, the best thing you can do is, is um, supplement the soil. If you've made a bit of a garden there and you've got, you're struggling with the roots, the neighbor's roots of the trees yeah. are also taking some of your nutrient. But it's just going to be a process of fixing that soil. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, use the leaves that drop off those trees. Take your neighbor's leaves, whatever you want to do, but use the leaves in the fall to add organic matter to that poor clay soil. In the spring, get yourself some composted manure or triple mix. And um, yeah, are there, you're hoping for an evergreen that's going to do well. The best evergreens for shady conditions are use, Y-E-W-U. They will grow sun or shade. But again, they won't grow in poor soil, nor will they grow in a really dry condition. So fix the soil first, plant some plants that you're having success with. Consider um, there's pyramidal use, there's globe use, there's all different shapes of use. Consider a couple of those for some structure, but fix the soil first and then mulch once you've planted. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, thank welcome. you. Thank you very much for the call there, Denise. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we have another first-time caller on the line, Charlie, and uh, we're going we're going a little, a little bit further afield than we normally do. It looks like we're going to this. It says we're going to the state of Illinois. We've got uh, Richard on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Richard. Well, thank you, Dean, and uh, a little nervous here. Um, oh well, let, let me just give yeah. you a minute to calm down. I'm going to give you your garden wings, Richard. Okay, there you go. Oh, appreciate. There it. you are. Oh, You've earned them. Better. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Um, I, I'm, I've got a problem with, well, I need pruning and uh, a couple of things, grape and also a Lebanon cedar. My wife planted when it was like two foot tall and now they're like 40. <laughs> I mean, no Sorry. time. Sorry for laughing. <laughs> okay. So you are a perfect example of what not to do. <laughs> when we plant cedars or grapes or anything, any plants at all, Maintenance right from the beginning is so important. So we don't try never to wait 10 or 20 or 30 years before we start thinking about pruning because it can be challenging to do a good pruning job that when the plant is that old. Grape is not so such a big deal. Grape, there's lots of great stuff on the web on that. But in the spring, before the leaves, you, you know, the little buds are going to start to show, you can do some very hard or radical pruning on the grape. Um, oh. Is it growing up over an arbor okay. no, or, or a gazebo only, or something like that? It's four years old. So really, it had I had two main trunks coming off of the one stem uh, for two of them. That's all I have. And uh, it, it's grown out, and it produced grapes last year. It's a seedless concord. And I guess I just need to cut it back. To Do I cut it back to those initial, say, four stems? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but you could if you wanted to. Uh, that's the great thing about the spring. Before the growth starts, you can be quite... Uh, radical, but just make sure that you're always leaving a few buds behind. So at whatever 
um, vines you leave behind, stems, branches, call them what you will, make sure there's at least one, if not two or three buds showing along the stem. And oh, you come back to that many, point right? on, a sh- on a dry day with nice sharp pruners. But with big overgrown cedars, it's tougher. Um, to take the tops off now tends to cause quite a bit of death at the, no, no, at the no, top no. of the I, I would take the bottom. I mean, like, I can't drive my, it's, it's on either side of my driveway, so I'm, I'm having a hard time getting out of my driveway. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. It reminds me of some people who planted a blue spruce on the front of their lawn, and it was a pretty little plant. And, you know, 30 years later, they had to actually move their front door from the front of the house to the side of the house because they couldn't get in the front door because the sweet little blue spruce got so big. So you might have to move your driveway is what I was thinking. No, you can you can shear them in the spring before June so or around June, May or June. Shearing, okay, so but your challenge will be shearing all the way up. Like to, and remember, technically, with cedars, we want them wider at the base and narrower at the top. So you might want to consider hiring a local arborist to come and give you a quote on what they would charge to just do a, a proper cleanup job on those trees. Well, other than that, I'm a black belt with a samurai sword. I can cut through anything. There you go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I want to see you up on a platform 20 feet high doing that. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm cutting the bottom. I'm going to stay on the ground and make sure my chainsaw and everything else is ready. Okay, but, but eventually um, you're going to have like a tunnel, right? So you'll, actually, you'll be driving through the, the cedars and they'll come together over top. <laughs> Should I cut the it sounds great. perimeter or the, just on either side of the driveway? Yeah, yeah. Well, but when you're pruning, make sure you do not only either side of the driveway, but do the entire plant. So if you are trimming back some of the lower growth on the cedars, go around the entire plant, not just driveway side, but the other, the other, the other sides. Oh, Charlie, thank you so much. So I, I cut the whole thing around, and and do I tar it or anything? No, no tarring. Just do it on a nice dry day, sharp tools, um, and remember, they will. That's the nice thing. Cedars will grow back. Uh, so you can be and, and but just if you do all this pruning and shearing before the end of June, you, the new growth will cover the cuts that you've you've made. That's why I like that timing. OK. And the grapes I cut, I cut sooner. But yes, before the leaves come out. Before the leaves come out. All right. Okay. okay. Thanks so much for the call there, Richard. All don't, the best. Don't be uh, a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a call again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Have to take a, another one of our uh, pauses for some important messages, but we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show, and i got to say, Charlie, listening to that list in the theme music there of all those flowers has given me a bit of spring fever. I know. Aren't we kind of wanting to get a bit dirty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah. you know what I did just to relieve my need for green? I planted some alfalfa sprouts. Oh, Last week. You know, inside. Yeah, yeah obviously inside. inside. Yeah, just the seeds, right? And then you, yeah. you go into the little sprouts. And I made myself a beautiful turkey sandwich yesterday with nice fresh sprouts. And I felt oh. very proud. Did they grow? Like in a week they grew? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Four or five days. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Do you just Are they the ones like you just spread them on like a wet paper mm-hmm. towel kind of deal? or? 
No, I didn't. Well, they're sprouters. Uh, you can just use a jar, you know, the old um, the soup jars with the, the yep. lid with the ring. So you take off the flat bit. You just use the ring and a piece of cheesecloth over the top. Oh, okay. Right? And so you, you put a tablespoon of alfalfa sprout seeds or alfalfa seeds into the jar, uh, rinse them, pour it out, rinse a couple times, pour it out, and then leave the jar on a 45 degree angle and just keep doing the rinse pouring rinse pouring a couple times a day for about three or four days and five days and bob's your uncle you've got sprouts wow wow i'm gonna try that absolutely okay we uh we have a doreen called back she had a second question so she followed our mantra and uh, one question per call please so welcome back to the garden show doreen here i am with pruning apple trees help me oh sorry i missed that something about your apple trees Pruning. I know, oh, pruning yeah. I know when I'm pruning, sharp pruners, nice dry day, but yep. how, some trees are mature, some trees are only about five years old. Okay. How many trees do you have? About 14. That's, yes, quite a few. So pruning fruit trees is an art unto itself. When we um, plant trees for fruit uh, there's two ways to prune one is we prune for production so to maximize the fruit the other way we prune is to for ornamental value to maximize the beauty of the tree they are not the same thing in your case i imagine these trees were planted strictly for the fruit so the look of the tree is not relevant it's maximizing fruit that is relevant and like i say it is an art unto itself it's very hard for me to describe exactly how to prune apple trees on the radio there's some excellent stuff on the web i would start with omafra the ontario ministry of agriculture and food and rural affairs so just the acronym omafra uh, apple trees, they will give you Ontario, specifically Ontario advice, uh, what trees to plant, how to care for, when to fertilize, when to prune. And you're right, young trees are pruned differently than older trees. When to spray, because apple trees are very yummy, many insects love the uh, the sweet, sweet juices of apple trees. So yeah, apple trees are, are a huge, it's quite a, um, a responsibility, but then it's also a huge pleasure to be able to go out and pick your own apples. So um, if if this is more than you can handle, you may need help to do it, but I would certainly get a handle on what exactly you're, you're striving for and aiming for before you hire somebody to do the work for you. Thank you. Can I add something? We sure. had our first crop of hickory nuts this year. Oh, sorry, of, of peanut, of what, what hickory, was the crop? Hickory nuts. Oh, hickory. Sweet. That's great. And we had five, five-gallon pails of butternuts to crack. Oh, wow. Aren't you busy? Hickories plus butternuts. So you must have a very large property. Those are big trees. Uh, there's only three butternut trees. Still, big, they, those are big trees. Oh, they're, they're beautiful. I bet yeah. they are. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice choice. So, Good for you. And so lucky you. Sounds very, I, like you've got a beautiful property. I have to admit, though, we had three hickory trees, and two of them were really, really healthy, and the other one was scrawny. The two healthy ones died on us, and hmm. it's the scrawny one that has the hickory nuts. 
<laughs> there we go. You yep. just never know. That's, That's exactly that. right. <laughs> the run to the litter. <laughs> there we go. Well, thanks again for the call, Doreen. You You're have welcome. a tremendous weekend, and don't be a stranger. Give us a call another time, okay? I uh, we have to, I have to take our last pause. Uh, we have a couple more callers on the line. We'll get to them as soon as we come back with more on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back here on The Garden Show. Charlie Dobbin, Dean Holland, and we have Nancy on the line. Welcome to The Garden Show, Nancy. Hi, hey there, Nancy. Good morning. Yeah. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Nancy, where the- are you calling from? Alderwood. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Nice. That what is- do you got for Charlie there, Nancy? I have received a plant at Christmas, and I can't figure out the name. I'll spell it out to you. It's C-Y-C-L-A-M-E-N. Mm-hmm. And it is a lovely plant. It's The way you pronounce that is cyclamen. So That's cyclamen a- is a traditional Christmas or seasonal plant. Yeah, uh, fragrant flowers. Blooms in the winter, so is blooming now. Yes. Caring, caring for that plant is um, probably, the for many people, the hardest thing is keeping it cool. Cyclamen is a plant that wants to be kept cool. If you keep it at sort of regular home temperatures, you know, 80 degrees Fahrenheit kind of temperatures, it's too hot and the plant will just shrivel up and die. So if you have a warm house or a warm apartment, Keep it right on a windowsill so it's in a, the coolest part of the home. It would like bright light, so but you know, near a window is always cooler than, than away from the window. Um, it wants to be at night around 10 degrees or 50 Fahrenheit. And then during the day, yeah, you know, 18 degrees uh, uh, Celsius, which is what, you know, 16, 8, 69 Fahrenheit. So it wants, like I say, fairly cool temperatures, lots of light, and only water from the bottom. So you, you have a saucer below the plant. Make sure the plant is not in a wrapper because at Christmas they often come with glitzy plastic all around them. So get rid of the plastic. Make sure there's drainage holes in the pot. Put the pot in a saucer and water from below. Water from below in the saucer? Yes. Oh, not, not in the top. That's right. Not in the top because cyclamen is a corm uh, or an underground storage organ that can rot if you water from the top and the water uh, sits on top of the corm. So you want by watering from below, you don't run the risk of uh, rotting the plant. And could I plant it outside in the summer? Uh, you could in a shady spot, uh, but it will die in the frost. So if you keep it in a pot, you be you could put it outside in a shady spot in the pot and then bring it in before frost. I see. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah, thank, thanks for the call there, Nancy. I like cyclamens. I saw some the other day, actually. They're, uh, now, does it benefit them to put them outside for these in the summer? Not really. Um, well, sort of six of one. The main thing is they don't want to, I mean, the thing about cyclamen is they will, if you put them outside, they'll probably go dormant for the summer. 
Mm, They'll probably just go completely disappear. So it'll look like they're dead, but they'll actually still be there in the pot. Uh, There's a few plants that do that, that um, they're gorgeous in the winter because these are uh, tropical plants, right? They're from the other side of the equator. So they think that it's growing season now, and then they will go dormant in our summer. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you could, you could put them out, but don't uh, just make sure they don't get soggy. That's the main thing. Okay. Uh, well, our last caller for the show today is going to be a first-time caller. So uh, it's Patricia on the line from Sunderland. How are you, Patricia? I'm great. How are you? We're, we're really good, and we're really pleased you called, and I want to give you your garden wings, okay? Thank you. There you go. Good morning. Wonderful. Good morning. I- I've been listening to your show for years. This is Finally, I decided to call. I have, <laughs> a, dris- I have a Dracaena. That's about ten feet tall. <clears throat> we have it under a skylight in the bathroom. Nice. It's actually blooming right now. Oh, yeah. Because we had taken oh. it outside and stressed it about four years ago, and uh, <laughs> so now it it blooms every January. But that's it's, great. Um, it's lost all its leaves in the middle, mm-hmm. so it's looking scrawny, and we want to cut it cut it off. There's actually four branches. Right. So when you say leaves in the middle, are there leaves at the bottom of the plant and the top and nothing in the middle? Yes. Huh. Okay. What you need to do, I know this can be a challenge with big old plants like Dracaenas. You need to look up, again, it's it's a bit hard to explain the whole process on the radio. It's a form of propagation called air layering. So A-I-R, air, layering, L-A-Y-E-R-I-N-G. And so it will take a few months. You can, though, with sphagnum moss and either tinfoil or plastic wrap, you can score the bark in the middle of the Dracaena stems, wrap them in moist moss, wrap that into with plastic or tinfoil, wait three or four months and roots will have grown and then you can sever the top from the bottom of the plant. So do look it up. There's great, great information on the web, air layering in your case for that plant. Thank you. Thank you for calling, Patricia, and don't be a stranger. (laughs) Okay, doke. So there was a full show. It was kind of a nutty show today. It, yeah, truly, truly. Well, talks about nuts. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charlie, we have like 30 seconds left. Quickly, before the show, you and I were talking about, uh, for those of us who still have our real Christmas trees, you were saying that we can use that in our garden, yeah? Yeah, if you've got your Christmas tree still kicking around, not yet picked up by your municipality, you can jam it into a snowbank a snow and hang a little bit of bird feeder equipment up in there, you know, peanut butter dipped pine cones. You can cut off lower boughs, which is what I used to do in Richmond Hill, use those boughs to protect some of your tender plants, rhododendrons, that sort of plant. Uh, What I do is I just put my tree right outside beside my bird feeder and the birds use it as shelter. So all the juncos love the tree. They hang out in the center. Um, So lots of fun. Don't get rid of your tree if you don't need to. (laughs) Thanks. Fabulous. Thank you. You have a great week. And you too. Thanks. Carlos couldn't do any of this without Carlos and all the great callers. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air. 
and The Garden Show.